0: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Big Little Recap. I'm Josh. And I'm Michael. And we are covering today, Season 2, Episode 6, The Bad Mother. Bad Mother. The Bad Shut Mother. your mouth. Now, who who is the bad mom, though, is the real question.
1: Yeah. I Interesting
0: think, title for the episode this yeah. week. Are they all bad
1: moms? Cuz I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. I think there's some really damn good moms in here. It's all about the case of trying to make Celeste seem like she's the bad mother.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And we we're going to dive in to quite a bit of things cuz we Michael and I were talking this episode, you know, we're we're in, we're, you know, coming down to the thick of it. We don't know if we're going to get a season 3 or not. I've been researching a little bit. Looks like that's probably not on the horizon, which is sad because that also means only this episode and one more of us chatting about this show. Yeah. Of course, we'll chat about it more after, maybe not in recording world, but right. in the real world. But um, because of that, a lot of things are pretty, pretty succinct. We're not getting a lot, any, any real fluff at all in any of, any of these episodes.
1: It's, yeah, we're. Jumping right into the the meat of it and putting the last little bits of icing on all the cakes of all the characters. Yeah, it's like,
0: like I was saying to Michael before we started recording, this episode seems to be the most Monterey Five centric episode. I mean, each scene we have at least one of them in it. Uh, we don't get any scenes like, um. Like we did with Ed and Tori, or we will Ed and Tori meet for like one like very small portion of this uh, episode, um, but other than that, for the most part, it's very very um, about the main plot of what's happening with Celeste and the boys in this court case, and its tension is tight, tied tight, like be cut with a knife, mm-hmm. cut with a butter knife, man. Not, exactly. just, not just any knife. A dull butter a knife. A dull butter one knife. One that you've had for years and years and years. And it's like kind of rusting yeah. from the dishwasher. Even like a plastic know? one. Dude. Yeah. Like oh, a oof.
1: crappy plastic one that you get if like your school ever did like a pork chop dinner thing. Oh, yeah. Thing and you get yeah. the plastic fork and knife and it breaks immediately.
0: And you're like, well, I guess it's my hands. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of dirty hands, um, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of dirt on these, on this Monterey five hands and we see it, uh, opening once again, uh, continuing with the trend from the past few episodes of seeing the, uh, aftermath of the incident of Perry's death. We finally get to see Renata's perspective of how things went down.
1: Yeah. And it kind of ties up more of like, of what we've seen from the other flashbacks with, kind of puts a little bit more of the pieces together that we kind of I think have a better understanding like it seems like Perry got pushed and he went down the stairs and then um, originally um, it seems like Celeste was saying like I pushed him Mm -hmm. let's say I pushed him yeah and then Madeline is saying that you know no nobody pushed him and yeah. then renata's kind of like putting it all together like yeah nobody yeah. pushed him yeah this That's is our plan. story
0: we're going with it
1: then she calls the ambulance
0: and every and thing chaos ensues right um and it's a very uh, it it's it's sad because if they had gone with the self defense thing they totally would have been fine um and madeline talks about that in different episodes and things like that but seeing each replay I, I hope in this last episode maybe we'll get a complete like actual like you know maybe like a three minute scene of this is what actually all of these perspectives glued together pieced together and see this full picture because we've gotten snippets throughout but I think that that could be very telling um, for how this how the rest of the episode goes at least that's something that I want going forward
1: Yeah. yeah yeah just to kind of see more of What, what the real truth is? But will we get the real truth? You know. Yeah. Or will we still get the lie?
0: Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, another thing we have happened with Renata. Um, we we have Renata doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is a I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that you know some people have more active episodes than others, but um, we get to see. Juliet saying so long to the family uh, after, you know, with them declaring bankruptcy, certainly can't have a nanny uh, sticking around. Right. Then we find out later in the episode that uh, there's some services rendered that Juliet didn't get fully uh, compensated for. Right. Uh,
1: Zoinks, scoops. uh, Yeah, boy, that scene is... uh... Because it's like uh, there's people that are giving... You know they're talking about the claims of like severance for juliet it's for severance right and then i like guess like putting value to some of the assets like yeah like gordon's, gordon's trains trains
0: goodness he's
1: such <laughs> think back to episode one and now we get it like it comes full circle with the trains just like the train yeah. tracks full circle it's but yeah, wow wow that's yeah. some good thinking it's funny because like
0: when you first meet Gordon, you're like, oh, this guy's a total shithead. Nobody, like, he obviously kind of sucks. I mean, he has moments where, where we get some some genuine care for her, for Renata, where they have, like, some great... Like like we said with the moment uh, at the Halloween costume party where Renata's telling him off, I think that there is some uh, sincerity with him in that moment Mm -hmm. uh and in season one too like when they're getting ready for the uh for the uh, party and he's like we maybe we should just blow it off you know just spend a time you me and amabella like stuff like that but you know we just we keep getting these peppering things it's the damning never stops for gordon yeah it's kind of sad
1: yeah and then it basically all just comes out that and the way that it's revealed too is like the The face of the guy that is, um, they're like bankruptcy person. I yeah, don't know. what he's what not. It. He's not like a judge. Yeah, but I don't know what his title is. Yeah. but, um, his face when he's like, well, you're <laughs> you're seeking yeah. compensation of a hundred and six because like the severance was going to be seventy two thousand, and then the, the, seeking other entitlement to a hundred and sixty thousand dollars and. What's that for? And she said, "Stress management." So everyone is
0: just like starts giggling in the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, the like the look that the guy oh looks gosh. over to Gordon, glasses on the brim of his nose, just yeah. like I just feel oh so bad
0: for Celeste because she does not deserve any of this baloney. Renata, sorry, my bad. I'm no, running I on few you. hours of I, sleep, y'all.
1: Yeah, no, I I feel you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's the most, like we've seen Renata at full, explosive, um, fighting back, and the scene when she's in the car, after all of that, we still see the anger, but we see a lot of hurt. Yeah, it's, like, it's very yeah. You've put me through so much, and now, yeah. like you're you're literally hurting me. Yeah. With this, like how how oh yeah, it's yeah. it's really. Hard to watch that. And, you know, going back to the idea that this episode is really clipping along, because one of the things about it, too, is this is probably the fastest paced episode that we've seen. Oh, like, definitely, it really, it just clips definitely. right along. It
0: doesn't, it wouldn't I mean the, the total runtime is 51 minutes, and that includes both the. Credits the you know HBO teaser for whatever show they have. This one happens to be Secession, which I want to start very badly. Mm. Um, and then the next time, so that total, I mean, b- between those, that's going to add to about you know like six, seven minutes total. Yeah, and so that, I mean, the runtime on this is probably going to be a little closer to 42 minutes or so, which right. is like your average network mm-hmm. one where most episodes get to have you know about. A little bit longer. I mean, last episodes I think was an out a full hour, so that's like nine extra minutes of you know time that we get with the story. Yeah. But I guess that I mean my my feeling is that they're just saving more for the next episode. I have a feeling like that's gonna be. I hope so. Yeah, I hope. I mean, especially if this is the last episode of Big Little Lies, like that forever. we forever that we get. I mean, I hope that it's at least like an hour twenty. Right. Like, I agree. And I and I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because there's so much that if this is the end that you really have to wrap up. I mean, yeah. you can't just be like Game of Thrones and be like, boom, we're Yeah, done. especially like, like yeah. with,
0: um, I mean, even all the subplots like Ed and Nate and Ed and Tori and whatever this is going. I mean, I don't really care about the Ed and Tori thing. I yeah, I wish no. it wasn't really part of the get it out of series because I, mean, I mean, I mean, I get yeah. I I see what they're trying to do, right. but I just think it's it's a distraction. It's not really neat. Like when it was in this episode, I was kind of shocked. I was like, okay, so we're still clipping along with this. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't really get it,
1: but, and, but what? uh, like the thing with like this whole season has been the process of slowly this lie happening and then pushing everybody closer and closer to like what the edge is. And I think, that's part of the reason why this episode clips along so fast is because we need to see everyone finally get pushed all the way to the edge. Right. Especially of, like, are they going to break? And I feel like that, lat, like, the thing about with, with Juliet is pushed Renata as far to the edge as mm-hmm. she can go.
0: Yeah. And somebody else who's been pushed by someone they love is Jane. Absolutely. I wouldn't say love, but someone they've, they've been, you know. Romantically
1: involved with and they've trusted and
0: yeah. It, oh my goodness. We I still okay. So Cory, I mean obviously we're talking about Cory and him going to the police station to be questioned mm. uh, We learned that it wasn't like we thought he was just going in to give information Essentially just being a rat, but you know, he was called in for questioning. So we had to go I mean, it wasn't really his desire, but we do learn from it that there uh, the um detective what's her name again detective quinlan detective what quinling
1: yeah okay great wait what's her first name uh it's i don't think it's amanda quinlan no it's that's um that's the doctor amanda's the dot is the psychiatrist yeah Yeah. Hmm. Um, oh well anyways
0: um so we've learned that the detective knows that um perry was ziggy's dad that perry raped uh, Jane, we, she knew, she knows all these things and she, and we learn also that she does not believe that they fell, which we, we've always known, but Jane realizing that this is, she really doesn't, has a lot of things pointing against her, uh, kind of sets her off the rocker on this episode. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, everybody is stressed. Uh, we get a little bit of beach time after this, uh, realization um and in this beach time man it it's stressful we get some shared words from uh bonnie and madeline where um uh, mm, yeah madeline's like we can't we're, like i understand that your mom has had a stroke but we can't be always caring about your feelings yeah all these and tells her to f off all yeah, this crazy it got stuff. really heated there yeah
1: and all this is because this madeline just keeps up with the idea of like let's just stay calm we'll stick with the story we'll stay calm we'll be fine we'll be fine Mm -hmm. and Bonnie says we can't just continue to stay calm and obviously you know they're both in different places in this situation you know
0: but also very I mean they have a lot of parallels with their situations that they're in I mean they're both these key figures in their life one being a husband one being a mother um, and their difficult past and um, dealing with mistakes that they, that one has been one mistakes have been inflicted upon them in Bonnie's situation and one mistakes of their own volition mm-hmm. with Madeline. Um, but their, their dichotomy, we see it even when they're walking into the court scene where Madeline's in this really nice blue, bright um, suit, uh, pant pantsuit. And then Bonnie's in this, you know, dark red uh, or maybe even more of a maroon uh, seeing those parallels between the two, yeah. Well, they're kind of very similar outfits. I mean, different color palettes, obviously, but I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said with the dichotomy between those two.
1: Yeah, blue, cool, kind of relaxing, especially the Can blue be that she's sharp. Got. Yeah, and it's a like it's a brighter blue color, so. Mm. But that kind of gives a more soothing thing, and the maroon is, you know, definitely got the especially what because of what. Is paired with because the maroon thing that she's that Bonnie's wearing is like a shawl almost, yeah. and then there's something underneath it that's it's it's dark, it's more navy, mm-hmm. which is you know you think that that's more like mysterious and yeah,
0: kind of reads if you want to read into it, you know that kind of bubbling over nature of something's you know creeping up in her in in her and even in that scene if we're jumping around. Uh, she even says, um, it's getting to you, isn't it? The, about the lie. Right. Uh, and then we, from there we hop into the
1: court scene. Because that, and I think that's a big thing to tie back into going back to Jane. Um, well one with, at that beach scene, Jane is the one that's saying, you know, no, like, because Madeline jumps in and says, oh, well you, you know, you effing pushed him. And it's like, well, no, he slipped, he slipped, he slipped. Yeah. And Jane and Renat not, are the two people that are like, he slipped. Okay, we're done. We're going home. Um, well, the fact that Bonnie was talking about, you know, the fact that the lie could be getting to Madeline emphasizes something. that I think it's why we start off right after Renata, Renata's point of view of the event of Perry's death, right, right into Jane and Corey. One, it's because right where we left off last episode. But two, Corey said something, says that Detective Quinlan is serious, that one of you is going to crack. And whoever cracks is yeah. going to get, you know, is going to get off easy and the rest are, is, screwed. Is, are screwed. Yeah. And I think that's that for me after this episode is the one thing that's sticking with me mm-hmm. most. That's the thing that's ringing in my head most is yeah. the idea of, you know, in this last episode, is someone going to crack? Right. And who is it going to be? What's it going to be? When? because it could be anyone at any time. It that's, really, it really could be. I mean, yeah. they're
0: all in the position Their you know their whole lives Have been stripped apart because of this lie They're all in the position where their guard is down Completely and that any one Of them can make that slip Um, And we'll talk about that more As we uh, towards the end Of the episode where we talk about Where we want what we want to see in this Final of the season the final Finale of the season I should say uh, Or of the show
1: (laughs) Don't say it like that I'm sorry
0: Uh, But then we also get a great scene of speaking of uh kind of losing it uh jane goes over to mary louise's after our first court scene which we'll get into when we talk about when we touch on celeste Mm -hmm. um but jane heads over to mary louise's and confronts her asking just why she's doing this and mary louise she keeps that's another thing we have this is one of the only real meaty scenes we get for mary louise in this
1: episode yeah, we really don't get anything else. Yeah. from Mary
0: Louise. Yeah, she's she's. I mean, she's in the court scenes, but she doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, back what to this big, uh, yeah, go yeah ahead, back go ahead. to this scene. Uh, she it's it's kind of, ugh, people really just let Mary Louise get under their skin. She it, it really shows how manipulative Mary Louise really is because every single time one of the Monterey Five tries to go after her, they always end up on their ass
1: yeah it's and i I totally understand why it would respond that way when Mary Louise is speaking so ignorantly about a lot of these situations because she knows mm. she does not know anything about the other person but she's making all these assumptions right. and judgments and immediately is you know it's it's a, you know he is with without sin can cast the first stone or something all oh, right like that. right she's she's throwing all the stones cause she feels like every it's everyone else's fault and everyone else's problem. And she's not right. taking into consideration anything that could possibly be Perry's fault or, or even her fault for or how she ra- raised exactly.
0: Perry. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, she, she mentions, you know, that Ziggy told me that you bought a gun. Were you planning on using that to, um, kill my son? And Jane, Jane, it says, and it's kind of a revelation for the audience as well A big reason why she moved here was to, and She says the quote is I was coming to search for a good man who had a bad night Or something uh, along those lines um, Yeah, or who I thought was a good man or something Yeah, like and it, Man, I just feel for Jane So, like, she's still This whole season proves to Still be one of my favorite characters Bonnie coming in up in the up in the race mm-hmm. to a close second I think. I really love Bonnie this season as well. Um but we also noticed we turned on the subtitles cuz we didn't get to hear what she was saying after Mary Louise closed the door um the first time and man if you guys hadn't listened to him with the subtitles or and actually heard what she said it's pretty sh- alarming. She says uh if I had the chance she would have shot him. Or something along those lines. Uh she's saying how like what else? She's not she a say? good man. He's, he's, he's not a good man, all yeah, these he's things not a good that man. uh kind of giving Mary Louise even more leverage of things she can tell detective uh um Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn thank you. Um, and man, we even see in this moment where how Detective Gwendolyn and uh, Mary Louise are just teaming up hardcore when they're watching Celeste's um, tapes for her uh, interrogating about the event yeah and when they get flipped off and we just see their reflections in the black mirror of the television yeah and it's
1: just a very eerie feeling yeah this goes to the this is a testament to the power of Meryl Streep as the you know golden standard of acting that we know know her to be mm-hmm. is the fact that in this episode in this scene with Jane it's very powerful what she said and the way that she's able to really just dig under her skin but throughout the entire episode the fact that Mary Louise doesn't say anything but her the way that she looks at Celeste when she's on the stand in the court or the way that she's sitting in court the way that she's Doing things with, it's, without saying a word—it's all in her still eyes. Still telling a brilliant story.
0: Yeah, I mean, like going back to what you said, like during the court cases and things, we'll get just get shots of just the utter contempt that Mary Louise is feeling in that moment, or um, the disbelief she has, and it's just—it's so crystal clear on her eye, uh, in her, all in her eyes, and just her overall demeanor. And man, man, Meryl, Meryl Streep, like she just better. Win an Emmy for this. I mean, did she get nominated? The Emmy nominations came out today. I didn't get a chance to look at them yet, but Interesting, yeah. I hope that I hope that she
1: did. I was wondering if Adam we'll Scott take... was going to get nominated too. Yeah, he's been I also
0: they season. they might not be considered for this year's because it's still running. It might go into mm, next seasons, um, which would make a little sense because I did see that it wasn't nominated in the drama series, which I would feel like it I definitely like it would, would. It would, it yeah. would be so. Um, especially with some of the other competitors. The last other.
1: season of Game of Thrones was on there. Then I think we can get yeah, big yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, so <laughs> another thing with Jane and Corey, the thing that's bothering me is the fact that Corey is being so pushy with yeah. Jane, like wanting to be back in the picture. It's like, dude, like this is a very alarming thing for mm-hmm. Jane. What's going on right now? Give her her space, man. Right.
0: And I understand that he's. He's in a position of having, you know, social anxiety, not know, not understanding fully what's appropriate at times and things like that. But with his time that he spent with Jane and Ziggy and the connection that they've created, I understand him not wanting to lose it. But I also wish that he could, you know, read read between the lines and realize yeah. that sometimes people just need space. There, he does have a very funny line though. Uh, when he when they're at the aquarium and he's like, Why aren't you returning any of my calls? Blah 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 and She's like what do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, do you want uh kids, do you want to try touch something prickly? And they're like, Yeah, yeah And he's like, Well, she's just to my left. haha huh. Just a joke. But I don't know why, but it got me really good. Yeah. I mean.
1: aye, aye, aye. Yeah, like I, I understand his fight to to stay in the picture here, but it's not about it.
0: It's really not. Yeah. But,
1: you know, we can say that as much as we want, but Corey's got to realize it. You know?
0: Yeah. And, hey, I know it's never going to happen, but I'm still Team Tom. Anyways, so uh, let's move on to Celeste and the big meat of this episode. Yeah, everything's moving cases. really
1: fast so that we can get slow and really personal in these court scenes. Yeah,
0: it's it's. I find court scenes that are well done they always remain extremely personal um i mean i think to i'm trying to think of other great examples i mean like you could always go to a few good men or oliver stone's jfk uh where these moments of while those happen to be a little bit more of grandiose circumstance than this it's still very personal um down to like the you can't handle the truth quote i mean it's like cheesy and quoted it as all the time it's it that's a it's a very personal battle which keeps the audience engaged and not and be able to stay um along with the show or movie or whatever situation you know you're seeing this court scene with not getting stuck up in the lawyer jargon and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. the object and sustains and all that all that jazz and this show does them really
1: really well yeah and they keep the tension like palpable the entire mm-hmm. time it, it they'd never let you off the hook in this whole thing you're i mean it's interesting how we're able to be right there and be i don't know You, i feel like we're right in celeste's shoes yeah. the entire time you're
0: sitting right there with her in that
1: witness box yeah and with each thing that the prosecutor throws out it oh god it's another knife and the another knife in the heart and you know a shot in the gut that you're having to try to and you know that with Celeste, you can't lie about these things. You know she's right. got to be honest about these things. You know because it, it comes out about the men that she's been with, and you know her aggressive behavior with the boys and with right. Mary Louise. And it, it's a uh,
0: right. Well, let's yeah. break let's break things down by each by each court part. Ones there's three court scenes. The first is a very simple <laughs> understanding of these are the things that are going to happen. Very good, buddy. Sorry, Trevor's just coming in saying hello. Uh, but we get some. Uh, we essentially just a ground laying of what's going to happen in these following, you know, court battles. Uh, but there was something that I noticed in this rewatch that I did the other day. Um, there's a guy whose silhouette reminds me a lot of Perry. It's sitting in the background behind. Celeste and her lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's I don't think they're trying to do anything or read into it. I'm probably just reading into this too much, but it's almost like this looming figure of Perry always still being there. Right. Um it's very very interesting, but anyways, we get a laid out of gr- of the ground plan um and we get one final moment from Celeste's lawyer just begging her to try and settle, but we know that that's not what Celeste wants whatsoever um from there we get to the second court uh court scene we get like we mentioned we see the have that wonderful moment between uh Bonnie and Madeline when they're coming in uh we hear Renata getting singed again by
1: the thing the running joke of the yeah, season yeah and that I, I so love funny. it it's so
0: it's so good I love um, it. yeah that's great and <laughs> Every time, you'd think it would be tired, but every time it happens, I'm still, I'm still dead, but yeah, you, like you said, we have, you know, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you be God, and it's, we, we, oh man, it, it's so sad, because you're like, please do it, I don't want you to commit perjury, I don't want you to make things worse for yourself, mm-hmm. but, but, yeah, pulling out
1: all the all stops, this. and
0: well, we see how that we see how that goes.
1: And there's, yeah, like the fact that like they never the punches just don't stop. The barrage just doesn't stop. Right. Which is what Celeste lawyer was talking about, the fact that they're trying to get, they're going to continue to throw things at her to try to get her to break. Right. And Celeste does a good job of keeping it composed And Right. This, I mean, granted, you know how she's still able to be human in the fact that she's getting these punches and it's affecting her tr- clearly. Right. There's the one spot, though, that drove that, you know, in watching it the first time and then doing the little like rewatch, like in a recap thing was flipping through it um, that the the lawyer, the prosecutor brings up, did the violence that occurred lead to sex? Right. And then at that point, Celeste's lawyer says objection. And then the judge says overruled right right and then the prosecutor then brings up from that was it great sex was the sex like the best sex right and at and that point the celeste lawyer says nothing. nothing and that baffles me that annoys me yeah i was saying this when we watched it i was you're saying, like, how again. how do
0: you quantify great sex yeah and, especially in a court where, that's in a court where i feel scene. like
1: you would say objection because it's like that seems like that's fabrication that right. like that you're or like you're it, to, leading leading the you know Yeah, leading the, witness yeah, leading the way. witness. yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean if if you're looking from his standpoint as a lawyer, he does a great job. I mean he starts I mean, you know, in the sense of trying to, you know, win his case. Uh he starts off by laying the groundwork, what Perry and her relationship was like, we see how unhealthy and toxic and violent it was, and then he comes out with this, you know, myst- like swing out of left field of these pictures of the guys that she, that Celeste has had relations with, um, as aunt March and little women would say, um, for, (laughs) I'm sure some of you are like, what, but I'm in little women right now. And there's a funny line that aunt March anyways. Um, and we get this layout of all the men that, um, Celeste has slept with it through the past, uh, few months. We talk about the amb, uh, ambient, and all this stuff, and it leads Celeste to have this really nice court address where she says, "I'm stru—I've struggled. I will say I'm in the process of healing, um, and have always been a good mom, even when uh, there was a monster in the house," referring to Perry. Um, and once again, during that during that little address, we get to see Mary Louise, and once again that disbelief, that mm-hmm. that Emmy-winning Meryl Streep performance. She doesn't buy any of it, man. But, I mean, they even ask if, um, I mean, then he goes even further, I should say, the prosecutor does, uh, talking about violence with Max and Josh, violence with Mary Louise, um, and then the real humdinger of violence of...
1: The real humdinger. <laughs> I like that. ...of maybe
0: killing Perry. Yeah. And he even brings out a simulation uh, showing the physics of how if he had been pushed, he would not have reached where he did. Um, so he had to have been pushed showing that um Detective Gwendolyn is uh really not satisfied.
1: Yeah, also like the I I know that the computer simulation it probably does the most like advanced physics because it's a police station and they probably have the the best forensic science that's on that. But like it's it seems like because where Perry landed was on, like, a plateau of, like, right. like, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Because there's, like, steps, and then there was another, like, plateaued area, and right. then more steps. Landed on the plateaued area. You feel like because the stairs are on a incline that even if he slipped, he would continue to roll down until he was at a plateau. Yeah. Where What'd you think he would not be going downhill anymore. Babe. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm no physicist. Yeah, I'm, I'm a musical theater major, man. I don't, physics. I couldn't do that math. All I'm saying is that me and the physicists are big little lies. Come at me, man. Like, <laughs> I don't I, buy I, it. I call I bull crap, yep. dude. I think that's a load of baloney. <laughs> All that fake news, fake facts. Um, <laughs> Team Monterey 5, D- man.
0: Team Ma- Monterey 5. But speaking of the Monterey 5, we get a, we get a shot of... The four the other four sitting in the court when this um, you know, assimilation is uh, playing on the screen and they all look terrified. Yeah. And it's just man, once again, and just one shot can crank that tension even more. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And um
1: Twinland's looking right at Bonnie too, and you yeah. can tell that Bonnie is very unsettled the whole time. Right. And then
0: we hop to uh the second day in court where we're um where mary louise's uh, attorney is questioning her um and she's on the witness stand and we this this is kind of one of those like like madeline says in the moment after the first court day you need to get back in there and fight for your kids you can't leave it like that and they really take that to heart and show the trauma that celeste really had experienced while being in that house trying to keep her kids safe while having this monster in there um ravaging their relationship um you know tearing what was healthy down to nothing and uh the judge is a gr- okay who i need to find her name because she is great yeah. that must be a very fun character to play for one just being this kind of omnipresent or not omnipresent but um I uh, can't think of a great word. There's for
1: something it. about it as like an actor that seems like it's super it would be really interesting to play that role because you don't bring you know, you have whatever your character that you're bringing to the table is, but you don't have all of this baggage that is coming along with it. And although mm-hmm. the baggage can be very like meaty and give you plenty the, the, to give you that plenty of fire to give you to work with, right. There's something to be said about playing a character like this who's basically all about just the pursuit of the truth mm-hmm. and pursuit of what's best for everybody in this situation. And so, the heart of it seems like for some reason to me, it's reading that that would give you so much to just be present in what's going on here and avoid right. falling into like emotional traps of like you know, oh, I'm feeling biased because of this and I'm feeling because of this. Right. I and mean, she says, Oh, I am, you know, I speaking as a mother and all these things, but that's not weighing in terms of like her decisions. I think that gives right. her an understanding of like that puts her in a good position of not just being of not just seeing Celeste as someone who's incapable of raising children. She seeing someone who's going through something and that's what is so pal- what's what's great about the sec the like the last court scene is that she's giving Celeste the chance to explain her situation, right. explain why she stayed with her abuser, explain what these reoccurring sexual encounters are coming from and what mm-hmm. they're, what purpose they're seeking. And she's still, while doing that... Uh, she's not explaining the things that give her pause as she says about like are you going to be continuing to seek help for this are you because she's not letting her off the hook by any means she's
0: trying to keep her accountable but she's trying to be fair in the situation of realizing and knowing fully well despite whatever mary louise says she knows that perry what has to have i mean it it's obvious it clearly is obvious that perry was not a great man and did and did indeed do all the things that Uh, celeste is saying and i think that the judge can see right through that i mean this isn't her first uh family case you know i mean she's obviously not but i mean this this is this isn't her first thank you i was literally just about to say that but uh no no you're you know (laughs) it just shows our uh you know how synchronized we are man exactly uh but it, it I just yeah, going exact off what you were saying i I love the balance that she really brings like any judge should bring mm-hmm. um in a situation like this and there's one line um uh after she says it gives me the pause I mean all like are you going to try to see all these men like what what was it searching for what what were you searching for and celeste says something along the lines like she's searching for some control, some feeling of control and in a way to um release uh Perry from from her you know mm-hmm. a way to kind of push him away not well yeah yes push him away but kind of move on I guess and I think that they really did do what Madeline was saying of trying to win back the judge for her side there
1: right and I th- I think what's uh I don't think that's interesting about and another reason why I love the judge here, and as I I think I've talked about this before, about why I love that the judge isn't just taking one like it isn't visible that she's taking one side as opposed to the other, right? Like we see in other things, is I feel like in other films and movies we get the establishment of the judge. We when we see the judge um, in whatever episode or ever movie that we're seeing it, seeing them in. We sometimes see them obviously leaning towards one side or the other right. as a way to establish conflict that the lawyers or the people that are on the stand have to fight against. Mm-hmm. But if this, with this situation and Big Little Lies, we don't need that because it's honestly just Celeste fighting... The lie or fighting right. and fighting the truth honestly of what's right. been going on in the situation of just fighting the facts letting the right. facts letting the story and what's happened throughout the story speak mm-hmm. for itself as opposed to oh, we have to fight the judge you know right. the judge right. is not the thing that we're fighting here which I think leads the judge to be a more interesting character
0: yeah absolutely and one thing that happens in this scene that I think is very subtle, and people might not, um, you know, realize the the ramifications of it. But she does commit perjury in this scene. Yeah, Celeste does. Uh, yeah. She does say that no, he slipped; he was not pushed um, in this moment. Uh, something that Renata said that you know she was very worried about uh, when they're talking in their in one of their beach times in the last few episodes, and. While it's kind of quick and it's delivery that that little um, back and forth between her and the um, uh, her and Mary Louise's lawyer it's it's a va- that's a that's a big deal and something that I'm sure is gonna come back to bite them in this in these next few scenes
1: yeah because now now next that or this next episode now that that's out there, it's like they can't turn back right from that right. And that sets it up even more like if one of them does crack, then the other ones now are like definitely Uh, definitely screwed. screwed.
0: Like like now,
1: if somebody cracks, Celeste's kids are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention all of them are probably I mean, they've all lied in the the interrogation then. Yeah. So that's big.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about if 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 the interrogation, I don't think they're sworn in during that. Um, during interrogation, but, right? But I mean, I don't think they're under oath, but it would, still, it would still, I mean, it's still, would,
1: yeah. You yeah, would be arrested. You could be like arrested, for, tried for, like, it, right? Yeah, for, um, you know, uh, obstruction uh, of justice. Obstruction of justice. Yes. There
0: we go. Which is something that I wish uh, some other people in this world be, would be tried for, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> there. So another thing that we'll be going to uh, is the final court scene. This is very quick. It's towards the end, but. It is it's, the end. It is the end. It's not towards the end. It is. It is the end. Um, <laughs> but uh, we see, you know, the judge is about to make their call, and I'm personally, I think she was gonna say, "You keep the kids can stay with Celeste." I was We're honestly fine. thinking that too. Yeah, I don't. If Celeste hadn't opened her, I f- I feel like this moment is the moment where everything goes to hell, because if she had waited to see. And I, I personally think that the way that, that that stuff went, if I was the judge in that situation, I would still, you know, be like, OK, we're going to keep the kids with, with Celeste. And even if it did end up being that there was shared custody, I do not. I think that would be a much better situation than what is going to come from Celeste saying that she wants to have Mary Louise put on the state, on, I mean, on the chair, the witness stand. And then not only that, but question her herself, having yeah. having being you know a license a license with the bar and a still working attorney. Because honestly,
1: um, that's not gonna, that's not just going to put Celeste. That's not just going to put Mary Louise under the microscope. That's putting Celeste right back under the microscope, right? Exactly. And even more so because it's like not only are you do you have to keep it together on the stand. You've got to keep it together even if you know that Mary Louise is, you know
0: right and like bold. i said like i said earlier every time that any one of the monterey five has tried to go up against mary louise they've lost
1: will you know we finally get a win? will we
0: finally get a win <laughs> i don't i don't think so uh
1: I, t- like and it's scary take a like if you uh, if you watch the episode and weren't thinking as much about it look at mary louise's face mm-hmm. as the episode ends there is, like, a held-back smile something that, like, is yeah. just very creepy. Yeah. But I want to see if we if we can get more about, with um, Celeste interrogating Mary Louise, if we can get Celeste pulling out things that maybe Mary Louise didn't even know that Perry told Celeste throughout their time of being married.
0: Wow. That'd
1: be very interesting. If there's some deep... I
0: mean, we still dark, haven't learned anything about things. how, you know, Perry's brother died. Exactly. Will that come out? I mean, that's That's been a seed that was sowed quite a few episodes ago.
1: I feel like that's got to be the thing that comes out if yeah. Celeste yeah. is so gung-ho on right. interrogating
0: her herself. Right. And we'll see. I mean, we've, we've never gotten to see Celeste work in the views of a lawyer besides the uh, the one scene, one scene in... Or, I guess, like two scenes in season one during the Avenue Q, uh, civil court case or whatever that yeah. would be called. The uh, lot lower stakes than what we're experiencing now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, in those situations, she seemed like a very, very smart lawyer. Is she going to be able to put aside her, um, ties to the situation and focus solely on, uh, you know winning this debate with mary louise or is she going to be overwhelmed by the situation we'll see right man there's a lot of questions uh but i'd, I'd say that that kind of wraps wraps up the bow on on celeste that's
1: yeah we got some other things that happen with celeste yeah. but the big things are the yeah. court scene and right. then the other things that we see are just her kind of struggling with right what she's going through.
0: Right. Let's shuffle on over to Madeline. We're getting, we're still getting a lot of touches and um, explorations of the fallout of uh, discovery that Ed has of the cheating with Madeline. And I, I'm very interested to see how their relationship continues to evolve, especially in this last episode that's coming
1: up. The Madeline and Ed arc is kind of our one bit of like fresh air mm-hmm. in this it really story is. In the in the whole scheme of the show because it's been on the up and up.
0: Right. I mean, we get, we get some very interesting. Ed kind of plays a little bit of a lawyer in the, begin, in the beginning of this episode uh, when Madeline comes back from beach time. He's like at he's he's I think Ed is smart. I think he knows that there's something deeper. Maybe maybe he doesn't like know it, but or just hasn't realized it yet. But I think that that it's it's coming. I'm sure in the next episode we'll see something that insta that. But he's uh one line that really stuck out to me in their first interaction in the kitchen in this episode, he says, um, the window is getting foggy again. Uh, after their you know, great conversation in the car where he's, he feels like there was this moment of clarity, uh, seeing how she really felt, um, seeing the true earnest desire to you know reconnect and rekindle their relationship. But he feels like these walls are continuing to go back up. And especially with these meetings, these late night meetings at the beach, um, it's a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary. It's kind of, kind of scary.
1: And that's what I think is the net, like, in terms of how we're pushing everybody to the edge. We've pushed Madeline to the edge with the Mm. idea that we've, like, the door is, like, the, the door is almost fully open for Madeline and Ed to be back together and to actually be something again. Right. With the fact, with that car scene, because of that honesty that Madeline really showed in that moment, and the fact that Ed, I think, opened himself up, too, to allow that honesty to come out. Right. And now we've got this one little bit of, like, the one little thing that is keeping it them from being fully open with each other right. which is the lie
0: right and Madeline wants to She she she's feeling very torn about you know telling him because she really wants to trust him and she goes to Renata and she's like hey I, I want I feel like I need to tell him and Renata's like you can't tell him otherwise you know what if he goes gets called to the stand honesty is his number one thing he can instantly like destroy us all
1: Mm -hmm.
0: not that he would want to, but because it's his principle. He just, you know, he's an honest man and it's, uh, it's really sad. It's, it's, it, it, because it's, because then we see later when, you know, he's coming home and, uh, we get our song of the week moment with everybody wants to, to rule the world, uh, originally, uh, created by tears for fears, but this is a, uh, Uh, recreation by patty smith uh the song that they dance to at their wedding um ed walks in on on uh madeline dancing around in her wedding dress Mm -hmm. um sing to the sing to the song the wedding dress isn't fully zipped up has her veil on and she's like has this great moment of you know i just i that that searching that longing for that feeling of what their first relation what the beginning of their relationship was like where she she wanted um you know that I'm kind of losing where I was going with this
1: well regaining um, yeah who she was when she originally made those vows to him and right is what she's kind of saying with that song and with that moment trying to relive that so she can get back to being that person that
0: she reminds it says it it reminds her of the different person that she was when she first wore the dress and um (laughs) you know he ed says like you can't wave a wand and make everything better but that was pretty fucking close right and it's just this really oh this very sweet moment i think of the only solace that we're gonna get like you said in this in this series finale
1: yeah
0: maybe um yeah, but other than that uh, there's not a ton with, with Madeline we get her reassuring Celeste after the first little court scene mm-hmm. um, which is a very very strong moment we see you know I, in all the moments of the Monterey 5 like together we see them starting to kind of group up I mean once again Madeline and Celeste you know they've been the day ones for each other since the beginning since the first episode so they're obviously together. Jane and Bonnie are are kind of together. Then Renata's kind of you know, I don't want to say torn between the two. Um but she's kind of floating around. I feel like she connects most with Madeline of the group. But, you know, every once in a while we get these shots where we see them kind of pairing off or who they relate more to it's most the bulldogs. To. The yeah.
1: bulldogs together, Renata and Madeline. Yeah. But yeah. Renata too, I feel like is one that's about I feel like Renata is the one that I think is understanding this more from like a business and the legal perspective and kind of rightfully so because mm-hmm. we get how much legal stuff that Renata is going through. It's kind of like a parallel thing right. right right those two situations.
0: Yeah. And I mean we're all in this situation because of Bonnie's little snap mm-hmm. of her pushing Perry down the stairs on that fateful night dressed as the wonderful Audrey Audrey Hepburn Um, but hopping to her there's a lot that happens with her in this
1: episode yeah Um, we want right from episode one we were like we want more Bonnie and by golly we got it and a lot of this while a lot
0: of the moments that we have with her are in the hospital this episode each moment feels very fresh I mean first we get Bonnie and her dad at the hospital. Uh, we see her dad's, her dad is having a very hard time being able to um, accept that she, her mom might be might be moving on, might be passing uh, mm-hmm. might be time to you know let her go. Um, and we also see that she's been journaling in this diary um and once he, and then after her dad leaves we get this vision of her going to choke her mom out with the pillow or suffocate her mom oh, with the pillow
1: man. We, we were freaking out we man. thought that was the real I, deal i thought that was real that, yeah Whoa. it,
0: it kind of sent, sent some shivers down my spine Woof. because that would change things that talk about like if I feel like if they they would only do that in if there was going to be a season three. Um, hmm. but then if I'm glad they didn't though because then Bonnie would just be straight up a murderer uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like that like um that that would be a I think there's a little more humane ways of doing that right um if they really did want uh doctor assisted suicide um but
1: she asks about that about pulling the plug or what they could do yeah she does death yeah because of what her mom had said yeah in the last episode
0: and man I there's so much layering going on with her character the guilt that she feels the pain that she feels the resentment that she feels um all creating this stew of it's really she's been in a pressure cooker the most of any of these characters this whole season
1: yeah she's already been dealing with all of the things that we know that she's going to be dealing with because of what happened at the end of last season but now you're piling on top of all of that, and honestly, Nathan's the one that piles it on by bringing her mother mm-hmm. into the picture. She's got so much that we didn't even realize that's in her past. That is now like, it's like she's in two pressure cookers, or right. like it's like a double pressure cooker. I don't right. even know if that exists, but by but God, it, that's what she's in.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess it exists now because it, Bonnie's certainly it does. Bonnie is certainly in one exactly, <laughs> but. Uh, I think the most powerful moment that we get from Bonnie in this episode is obviously the moment with, um, the notebook where she, Mm -hmm. you know, bears her soul to her, um, to her comatose mother. And it is, I mean, she's not really comatose anymore. She had had woken up, but, um, man, the resentment that like, once again, the resentment that she feels for her mother having felt like she is the reason why she pushed Perry, um, saying that she imagined pushing her mother when she pushed Perry, mm-hmm. which is something that I think is a very, you know, it shows that th- it wasn't part of really self-defense. It was just Bonnie's, the all of this stuff that she's experienced, just snapping in yeah. this moment. and something having for so yeah, long. Snape. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one woman one that we were talking about when we first watched the episode, you said that... Um, Bonnie's mom has said like look like in the moment like what did you do this time that she said to her earlier this episode uh, I mean earlier this season um, We kind of see with all of this stuff and all these flashbacks that we get in this episode that You know, she probably didn't ever do anything It was probably just her mom being you know in that emotionally abusive and physically abusive state um You know that that coming back out in that in
1: that moment alcohol messing with her brain and telling her that Bonnie has done something wrong and that's why she must be abusive or mm-hmm. must punish her for something even though it's nothing right and yeah it just adds so much more it, it would be interesting now knowing this going back and re-watching kind of Bonnie's whole story maybe from season one but especially where we pick up in season two mm-hmm. just because it gives so much context to the snap. Like you've put all of this stuff under you've swept it all under the rug and now you've established this life away from what that past was. Mm-hmm. And in that moment seeing all of these people that it seeing these people that in some way you care about being abused in a very similar way. Yeah. Um just causes a you know that A, physical primal t- yeah, reaction, primal exactly. Primal fight, reaction. fight, or,
0: like the fight or flight, and that in that moment she just fought, and mm-hmm. I and it like you said, it's it's in that moment she's not just fighting Perry, she's fighting everything that she's experienced in her life so far. Right, and also in this note we get another oh the line that breaks my heart the most, uh, or I mean part of it, but she's like. Uh, making me feel so worthless that I married a man I don't even and she doesn't even finish the sentence, but we know exactly how, what she. We know exactly, we, exactly what, it what it she is. thinks. Uh, and I've always wondered that, like, yeah, how are how are yeah. how are Nathan and Bonnie really together? Yeah, and now kind of makes a little bit more sense that she's kind of settled for him. Yeah, and that's
1: oh, uh, and it's oh, heartbreaking. So sad, like, because I don't really then like...
0: then that really that what's
1: that mean for Sky? Like, oh, poor Sky! And Sky has such a beautiful, has such a beautiful <sighs> moment today, where she brings that speaker. Yeah. And she sets it by Bonnie's mom and plays that song for, her and is that beautiful moment. And she like has that lovely bit of hugging Bonnie, and Bonnie says, have, "Have I told you that you're the best daughter in the world?" And she says, "I love you." And I was, like, I'm like near and tears. Like, yeah. like, oh God, it's so beautiful. But it like, is very beautiful. Man, that is. So ridiculous, and we get more about the past too, because she says that I resent you for um, all the sex I started having when I was thirteen yeah. because I wanted to feel like I could, like I was capable of being loved. Yeah, and that stuff is real. Like yeah, that it that really it
0: is. is it is. I mean it that it it really shows. It gives a lot more. Um, what's the insight into? some of Bonnie's reactions to certain things um makes me wonder a little bit about why i mean her react makes a little bit more sense about her reaction to um Abigail's situation in season 1 where she was trying to uh, auction off her virginity um mm-hmm. kind of puts that things like that into a little bit more perspective of Bonnie's reaction um and once again and i've said this once and i feel like i've said this every episode but it's moments like these where it's just a testament to the to the great showrunners that are on Mm -hmm. this show and the people that are piecing all these things together because things that have been placed beforehand um in ways that we didn't know why people were reacting to certain ways I mean we we took it for how it was how we were reading it and it and it still made sense in that in that moment but then later when we get more information it just only layers and deepens you know the complexity of you know what real people go through when they when they experience things I mean it's not ever going to be just one reason of me choosing to do something it's going to be you know all of these life experiences culminating into a choice that a person will make
1: and it shows, it's a testament to the care that everybody that's a part of this show has, not just for the story, but the care and the respect that they have for the people that are living out this situation, mm-hmm. it, that are in this in, situation. In, right, in, in the real world. You know, because, yeah, like you, exactly what you're saying, it's coming from a specific place for everybody. Just like all of us in our own lives have, everything is in response or, you know, There's something that leads to the things that happen in our lives and, or the choices that we make and the things that we do and the, the, you know, everything. And there is that, and it's not always, and it's never, it's usually never a case that it's completely black and white, that it's completely this way or this way, that there's so much that goes into it. And... You know, like we've talked about in this episode, the costuming and we've talked about the relationships between the characters and we've talked about the settings and the looks and, and the subtle and everything extras. Yeah, like yeah. In the, so there's just the detail of the writing, the costumes, the, the actors themselves, the directors, yeah. the editors, everybody giving the care and respect for the lives of the people in the, this story because and to understand that like they... to to respect the human nature of these people Mm -hmm. and not just that they're characters in a popular tv show that they're people they're representing
0: they're representing experiences of everyday people yeah and and, in its truest form i mean while there's shows like i mean i'm just going to the exact opposite of what this show is but like game of thrones where like it's these grandiose adventures where you still get moments of like I can relate to that on a human level. But I mean, it's it's moments like these where, shows like these where it's like, th- this is a, well, I hope that there are situations where people are stuck in lies about having, you know, had to kill, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to aggress them. Um, but being stuck in situations like these, they're real situations with real consequences. And I think this show does a great job of laying those out and doing it justice to tell the stories of people who experienced those, mm-hmm. those, those lives, man, well, that about wraps it up with, uh, this episode. We, should we talk about some things with where we're thinking are going to go with this next, hopefully not the series finale, but what's yeah. looking to be a series finale.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, the big thing on my mind is Is someone going to snap? And if so, who is it going to be? Because I feel like there's a case for everybody. And I'm sitting here thinking about what the mindset of each person could possibly be. Like when you look at Renata, before Mm. my impression of Renata was no matter what, Renata is not going to be the one that breaks because she's got too much to lose. She's already lost so much. And she is someone who... Knows what it's like to just be strong, powerful. Like I'm here, right? But at the same time, I also think that Renata is, you know, even though she has these very tremendous outbursts, I feel like she's also kind of one of the most rational. Oh, I agree. In terms of, I would definitely in agree. In terms of, and re, and realistic, like in terms mm-hmm. of everything that's happened, the fact that Celeste. Lied under oath about the fact that Perry And said that Perry slipped I feel like that could be a triggering thing for Renata If yeah. she's going to be the one that snapped Because yeah. it's saying Celeste has already lied So if in order for me to get out mm-hmm. I have to be the one that comes forward Yeah, like, Could that be something that happens Yeah, which I mean I think that the
0: obvious choice That I mean if people were If I was a betting man I, I would say it's most likely going to be Bonnie Just because we've got so many snips Of those Imaginary sequences of her standing up in the middle of the court and being like I have something to confess You know moments like that. I mean, I don't think that they will because I think it's might that's a little too on the nose I think the show is a lot smarter than going with the obvious choice I'm not saying that it wouldn't be I mean I I mean, I think it would be just as impactful if Bonnie did because I mean we've had so much um, I mean, we just gushed over her character arc this season yeah. just a few minutes ago. Um, I, I think that that would be completely justified and completely understandable, but I also think that, like I said, it's the it's the obvious choice because we've been building for it for so long, and, and I just don't think that that's
1: I don't think that that's what the show will do, right? And I think there's all I think we've seen throughout Madeline's arc, I feel like she's another not as obvious as Bonnie for someone that would possibly crack but mm-hmm. I think that her case that you're making a case for her being the one that cracks I think is just as strong because it's either crack to Ed right or lose Ed and I yeah. think that for her that's a big big problem and we see her already struggling with it yeah and especially when she's talking to Renata in this episode and there's, yeah, I, I feel like I she's think you just won me over. Situation. I think I'm gonna put
0: my money on Madeline. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I might say that because it's definitely not gonna be Celeste. Won't be Jane.
1: It. I don't know if Celeste. I don't think Celeste will crack about the case. Well, about, we about we know Mary it's falling. not gonna be Celeste
0: because she yeah because I mean she's already committed perjury. She's already committed to the lie. Right. And I doubt she'll go back.
1: Yeah, that's true. Unless if Mary, unless cracked, Mary
0: Louise gets she, underneath her skin
1: and yeah, because that's the thing. You know, Mary Louise cracks her when she's doing the interview, but I don't think she would. That Celeste would crack to the point of like a- admitting about the case, right? Yeah, and I, I hope think, not. Yeah, and I don't think Jane would crack mm-hmm. either. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's interesting. Is this season gonna end up with them getting caught in the lie, or are we? going to yeah. move on and then act like the lie never happened. Is it right. going to be trying to make a statement about, you know, sometimes we have these lies and they,
0: sometimes you just got to live with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm like, uh, look what it's done to them because right. I don't see a situation. It's, it's hard to see a situation where this all works out. Right. And especially I, I yeah. for like, first of all, I don't know why Renata is so much on my brain right now, but she right. And like, I, I don't know. I don't see any other situation than Renata and Amabella just being alone together and how mm-hmm. like the empowering and empowerment that you would feel for the two of them being alone. And like, like if we got more episodes, we'd see them like working together to lift each other up. But right. I feel like the ending that we'll get is the two of them just alone in this. Like, All right. It's look, us. Look where let's, we are now. Let's and, let's
0: uh, only up from here, you know, like, type yeah. situation. yeah, I, I think that um, while this is the big, you know, question of what's going to happen with this lie, there's a lot of other stuff. I mean, we have the whole Ed and Tory thing, which I just roll my eyes so hard at. Yeah. Um. I, I think Ed's going to be like, Nah, I'm not about that life, because one, we don't have enough time to explore that more, and two, I just don't think Ed would do that to Madeline. Um. And because the only only way he would, I think, would be out of spite, and mm-hmm. I don't think he, I
1: don't think he's in a position to want to spite her anymore. Yeah, not anymore. I feel like maybe at one point mm-hmm. he was like that, like at the beginning yeah. of the season, but he's not. I don't feel like he's there anymore. Yeah.
0: And at and Nathan, I don't think they're gonna fight this season. We got that little bit of a, of a squabble, but kerfuffle. The kerfuffle. Um, Corey and Jane. What do you think is gonna happen there?
1: I see this is the thing like if we got more about the case i feel like maybe that would give me a better understanding of maybe where that was going but mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like is is it going to be that she completely just pushes him away because of something that's going on mm-hmm. here um the thing about this season that's so crazy is we never know where it's going to be going. Right, like we t- we had talked about this, and I've uh was talking about this with some other people too. That the because there there is the hot take, you know. If you're gonna, what I'm about to say isn't. I'm trying. I'm not trying to say that one season is better than the other, but I've heard people say that they like season two more than season one because with season 2 throughout this entire season there's really never been a solid feeling of like I know where this is going right we none of us really knew where this is going and you can make the case in the first season that i mean right from the beginning they set up okay someone dies so we know that that's where this is going right it's just a matter of who is it who is, and who i think is it? you can make the case pretty early on that you know pretty early on that it's Perry right because it's
0: not one of the monterey five it's gonna it's probably perry yeah
1: yeah i fe- i feel like
0: we all piece that together by episode four of season one yeah around there at the latest yeah. yeah yeah shoot man well those are our predictions um i am terrified to see what happens next
1: is detective Quinlan gonna be a huge part of this next episode i think I think that she has to be. Yeah, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. She's just been lurking and lurking and lurking. Mm-hmm. Is she going to pounce and be pushed to right. the forefront of this? Yeah. Uh,
0: all we have to do is wait and see. Uh, sorry that we got this episode up a little late, guys, but um, I think that we just needed to give ourselves some time to breathe and think about a few things. Um, yeah. But we will be here on Sunday with you guys, saying maybe so long to the series, hopefully not. Um hopefully not saying so long to any characters. That's for sure. Yeah, woof. That would be sad. Um but we shall see. Exactly. And no matter what, we'll be right there with you in your car driving around along the coast of Monterey Bay uh once again. But thanks guys for joining us and I hope that you have a wonderful day. And um any any final thoughts you want to leave anybody with? Any words of wisdom? Um
1: I have got nothing.
0: Wow. Well,
1: that was anticlimactic. Yeah, I'm sorry, listeners. Oh, uh how about this? Oh, okay. Great. Um Tell the truth.
0: Wow. Okay. Cool. I'd say it's a good one. Um yeah. kind of hard, but uh It's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that they would do it here.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, well, at this point, we're yeah. so committed to the lie. Yeah. I'm committed to the lie. Oh, like, no, I'm absolutely. like, don't it's tell like, the like, truth at all. Like, yeah, it at no, all costs, yeah, to stick with yeah, the lie.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, because it, Perry is not worth telling the truth. Yeah. I'd say. True, Perry. I'd yeah. say. I mean, they're in the situation because of him. And he is not. I, I don't think he's worth any of them having their lives ended
1: because of his choices yeah oh yeah. here we go
0: oh great
1: don't feel like you have to struggle alone
0: ah that's a good one boom that's a good one and while we're here to help you not struggle there's also people in the real world real world that can help you not struggle so find those people find your monterey five and oh, hold yeah. them, and hold them near and dear hold your otters hold your otters close to your heart <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you next week. Thanks so much.